Lord Jesus, tonight, tonight, tonight. Father, let this be the echo of our heart this evening and tomorrow when we awaken in the morning. Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. We thank you for your presence in this room. God, just the calm, the peace, the grace we feel, the heavy mercy. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that your countenance fills the room. Your face has been turned toward us. We're so unworthy. We are uh, mortals, Lord, that have the propensity just to, to fail you. But Lord, our hearts are hungry in the midst of it all. We need you. We're desperate. We're lacking. Only you. So Father, we pray for increase. More of you, less of us. Yeah. Lord, that there be so much of you in this room that it just oozes out into the lobby and the, the external places, oh God, of this building. Mm. Yeah, that's what we desire. May the whole community be touched. Lord, may all of Dawsonville benefit as a result of your glory in this place. Lord, may drug trafficking decrease, crime decrease. Lord, may people's intellect skyrocket. Yeah. Lord, that you even blessed all of Dawsonville, prosper them. May the heavens open up over this church and spill over, even as people pass by. There's a tingling, there's a awareness or conviction. Yeah. May the glory of the Lord flood the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, yeah, put your hands together. Just clap unto the Lord. Love on somebody that you don't know or someone that you do know and shake their hand. Make them feel welcome tonight. Welcome to our Wednesday night service. Good to see you tonight. Are you glad to be here or what? Midweek service at Christ Fellowship. It's such an honor to have uh, Pastor Tim and Melissa Faircloth all the way from the panhandle of Florida. Would you guys stand up? They're, in, uh, they're visiting Shepherd's Refuge this week and chose to be a part of our service tonight. And we love them. We've been down there. Just a great work of God that's happening at their church. Great people. Hungry folks. So if you get a chance just to talk to them at the end of the service, please do that. And uh, we're grateful for Shepherd's Refuge. Sandy and Rudy, we, we love you guys so much, so much. Mm. I, I want us to receive an offering tonight. And before I do that, as you're preparing for the offering, I want you to, uh, uh, to pull up the Women's Conference QR code, if you will. Uh, don't forget, ladies, our conferences. 21st and 22nd of January right now, right at 500 ladies have registered for the event. 
Yeah, it's going to be pushing a thousand people uh, still over a month to go, really a month and uh, a couple of weeks, three weeks to be exact. Uh, for the women's conference, if you're not signed up, make sure that you do that and tell your friends that they need to register, all right? So that's uh, the QR code for that. Next, pull up the next one, if you will, on our um, dinner. We're having an incredible Christmas dinner here at Christ Fellowship Church on the 15th. Now, you're going to have to register for that. It's absolutely free for you and your family. Uh, the, the church is just going to provide that. It's a wonderful catered meal for you, four course, five course, I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be phenomenal. Similar to what we did last year, and um, we only have two weeks to register, okay? So please, don't wait and think about it, all right? Uh, but don't register if you're not coming, because we're ordering food based upon you being here. And please be respectful of that, all right? Please be respectful that if you do register, we're, ex we're expecting you because it costs per person. You know what I'm saying? So we're giving them a number, and then they're taking that. Um, this is only going to be open for about 10 days, okay, the registration, so that they can know that, what we need to do next. So you and your family, your children, all of you, uh, for our covenant partners, if you want to be a part of that, it's going to be on uh, the 15th. It's going to be absolutely remarkable. So please uh, just come uh, to it. It's a blessing that our church just wants to bless our covenant partners for us to fellowship together. Is that cool? Also, also, lastly, uh, on some of the wall, uh, doors going in and out of some of our um, uh, rooms, you'll find a schedule for December. Let me just let you know, first of all, this Saturday, uh, our prayer time has shifted from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock in the morning, from 6 in the evening to 10 o'clock in, uh, in the morning. And the reason we're doing that is because I know it's a very important day for uh, the football on uh, Sun Saturday. We're not going to compete with that, okay, um, because I, I know most of you would be here for that, but we're just going to not let you have to fight that. I think the Lord can hear, hear us at 10 as well as at 6, but please be here at 10, okay? Uh, our deposits are important. We pray five times a week. And they are extremely of the utmost important things that we do. We are not a church that uh, has a ministry of prayer. Prayer is the key, most important ministry of Christ Fellowship Church. All right, so please put that on your calendar. Bring your kids one hour from 10 to 11. Then you can go do whatever you need to do in the afternoon. So there's the schedule. Uh, we will have a.m. and p.m. services on December the 26th. People are wondering, are you going to have revival on the 26th? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, bring your family, all right? They're coming, all right? Don't, don't let the heavy carbohydrates on, that you eat make you lazy, all right? Uh, have Christmas, then Sunday morning be here for church and bring your family, both services. Get them in the water. Get them in the water. Uh, so please, make that a requirement. If I'm going to give you this gift, you got to come to the revival. Huh? Is that okay? No service on December 27th. You can read that. You can take a picture of it. All right, let's receive our offering tonight. Father, we bless you for the opportunity to sow seed into the kingdom. We thank you that this is an extremely giving church, Lord, that uh, gives of their tithes and offerings. We uh, bless them. Uh, may they increase in every area, emotional. Uh, physical, Lord, relationally and financially. Uh, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Thank you for this incredible church in Jesus' name. Amen.
Uh, this coming Sunday night, uh, Bishop Lance Johnson will be ministering, so please put that on your calendar. Then the 12th on the Sunday nights, Bishop Kevin Wallace from Redemption Church in Chattanooga. It's going to be phenomenal. All right, well, I want to give our, our speaker tonight um, the time that he needs, and it's a joy of mine to have a friend come and minister. He's a covenant partner here. He and his family love the house, and the house loves them. And so it is my delight, my delight. Many of you already know this guy. If you, if you don't know him, get to know him. You're going to fall in love with him, but more so his wife. All right? You're going to like her a whole lot better. I'm teasing. But Willie, it's good to have you to, tonight to stand behind this pulpit and to encourage our folks. And um, we love you. Thank you for working tirelessly in prayer. And also in the waters, every time that we've asked you to serve, you never have to pray about it. It's always a yes. It's always a yes. I appreciate men and women that have a predetermined yes, and you're that type of individual. So stand your feet. Help me welcome Willie Gonzalez tonight as he takes us into the Word. Amen. You know, it's a great honor to be here tonight. Um, I came here never dreaming that this would happen. It wasn't what I was looking for. I like what Pastor Todd has always told us, stay small. In my situation, it's not hard to do that. <laughs> I, um, but I want to tell you that it's an honor. And I really believe in the leadership here. I believe in you guys. I'm excited for what the Father has for us as a fellowship, and it takes all of us united yes, in one, in him, to accomplish what we need to accomplish in these last days. And I just want to thank some of my dear friends for showing up tonight, and one of my best, dearest friends there, Mark Huell, came from South Carolina. So um, just great to have you here, and it's a surprise to me. But... I was thinking you invited me tonight and remind me of that little story of the couple that invited another couple for over for dinner. And they sat down to pray, and they, the couple that hosted asked their daughter to say the prayer. And then she goes, I don't know what to say. I don't know. And then the, the lady that was a guest said, well, pray like you hear your, your mom pray. And she goes, bows her head. She goes, Lord, why did I invite these people to come over? <laughs> <laughs> just heard that prayer I guess and that's what I'm hoping Lord why did I invite him to do this amen but I, I just want to say something now the scripture says that we're peculiar people I fit that mode I'm very peculiar I'll admit it and if you get to know me I'm a little strange I'll admit that what happened to me was June the 8th 1979 a gentle, young man, young man, without any hope, without any future, who grew up poor, had no hope, hit rock bottom, bad relationships, and I thought, there's no need to live. And this elderly man came by, had Jesus is Lord on his van, I shot him a dove, <laughs> if you know what I mean, and I made fun of him and mocked him. 
Well, that man, when I was rock bottom, came to me, and he didn't have to quote a hundred scriptures. You need a John 3.16, a James 3.1. He didn't do any of that. He just says, God has a plan for your life. And I want to tell you the same thing that was prophetic to me. Every one of you, as I look at you, this is not an accident you're here and you attend here. You know why? God is raising up an army in the very last days, and you're part of it. What an honor. What an honor that he has called you. Okay, man? He reached out to you. It's not you reaching out to him. He is calling you, come, come. And I was the one that said, yes, Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. And I see it happen in the pools a lot. And I confront people. When I came to Jesus and gave my life, I knew it would cost me everything. And I'm going to tell you what I think is wrong a lot of times in churches. People come, they think they're fooling us, but they have a plan B. If plan A doesn't work, plan B I can go back to because I keep those connections. I keep those drug connections, those women. Anything I need, I can go back to it because I have a plan B. And I, again, being very peculiar, said, God, this is the deal. I'll come to you. I saw people when I was up, raised up in Norcross High School that made a confession to Jesus. Then I saw him walk away from it. And I thought, oh, okay, let's see. And then I usually was right. Oh, six months, he'll be back. And he, they usually did. I said, Lord, if I walk away, this is not going to be doctrinally correct for you, but it is for me. I said, if I walk away, take my life. Now, that's good. I said, if I'm going to walk away from you, I don't want to be miserable like I've seen people be miserable that are backslidden. I've never led so many people back to the Lord in that pool like I have in my, in my whole life, in that pool. Back people that have had plan Bs. And I'm not, I'm bold. I am not afraid to tell you the truth. Okay? It's about time that God raises bold people, men and women. Besides that, I saw a lady named Corey Ten Boom interviewed on a Christian network. I won't tell you who it is, so you'll judge me and, oh, he thinks it is. No, I'm not going to let you place me like that. People used to come to me and say, what are you? Are you Baptist or Methodist? And I'd always say, no, I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> I learned real quick, don't let them box you in. Because they label you. I'm Puerto Rican. And usually that stops it. None of that goes on. But Corey Tim Boone was in there, and they asked her some questions. The, this gentleman, Christian leader, and she would, one time he asked her something, and she stopped. She put her head down. You know what? And she said, the Lord says this. So I thought, being a new Christian, raised Catholic, which I was thankful my mom told us about God, gave me a respect, 
but I found out I had to be born again twice by birth, by spiritual birth, second. And then I found out that the first Adam fell, but the last Adam came, the only one we need, and gave my life to Christ. And I found out, wait a minute, this isn't religion, because that lady says she has God. This is called relationship. And I started having a relationship and hearing his voice. And then I did not know, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit a week later, and I didn't know, I'm so glad that God protected me from churches, from church members. No offense, ministers. He kept me safe. He kept me preserved. And the reason is because I get filled. I get a prayer language. I knew it wasn't English. I knew it wasn't Spanish. And I knew it was heavenly. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that's within me. And I would go down, and I would just start praying in the spirit. And they told me, my spiritual parents, you can pray in the spirit and pray with your understanding, and you can sing in the spirit, and you can sing with your understanding. But you know what happened? When I got to the churches, they tried to correct me. But I was on good, firm foundation. I was on found. I had. I couldn't be rocked because of Jesus, chief cornerstone. So I gave my life. I saw Corey Ten Boom, and I thought that was normal for everyone. Then I get in the church, and they go, "He's a little weird." He says God speaks to him. I have a word for you, Psalms, one twenty two one. I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go in the house of the Lord. You talked about leaving this place when we walk out, Todd. The key word there is glad. It's neat. Have you ever met people that when you're around them, they make you glad? And usually when there's gladness, there's joy. They're good people. You know, I'm fortunate to have Mark in my life. I'm fortunate to have the Wilbanks family and Larry Wilbanks. You can't be around Larry. If you're bummed out, you need to avoid Larry Wilbanks. And I'll say it about his, his family, too. And Zach, you're in there. You can't be bummed out. You know why? Because you see the gladness and the joy in his family and his descendants. And you know what? I was glad when they said, let us go. David's saying, let's go to the house of the Lord. Christ Fellowship, when you leave here tonight, let people be glad to see you. Bring about gladness. That'll be the greatest representation of Jesus is your gladness and joy. How can we go to people and say, you need what I have, and they go, you got a plague. (laughs) But when they say the joy of the Lord is my strength, okay, no matter what happens, Okay, I want to say that again. Let gladness be with you. But some people you meet, you're glad to see them, and they bring joy to you. Sad to say, there's some people, they bring gladness and joy to you when they leave your presence. (laughs) 
Which one are you? Now, I'm going to say something that I'm not hip enough to know. My kids taught me. Don't be a Debbie Downer. Wah, wah. Okay? Let gladness follow you. Jeremiah 33.3. Something I learned, too, that I didn't realize. I took literally what it said. One of the first verses, I, my spiritual parents, elderly couple, told me to memorize scripture before they let me go to a church. They discipled me. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not. It's easy to teach somebody that don't know nothing. I was one of those. And all of a sudden, as I listened to the Lord, he spoke to me. And I remember a voice I heard of when I was around three years old, four years old in Opalaka, Florida. And it spoke to me, and I turned around, and I was thinking, who was I in a former life? And weird thoughts, and our voice spoke to me, and I heard it. And he said, Willie, one day you will serve me. I spent the next 15 years running from that. Did not want to do it. Because I didn't see people really living it. But I came to Christ. And God has been showing me great, mighty things which thou knowest not. The night I met my wife and held her hand, the Lord said to me, I'm going to direct your steps in places you have never known. That is a prophetic word for the body of Christ. God started using me in prophetic words. I want to proclaim to you, God's going to direct your steps in places you have never known known. Do you believe that God can do that? Do you really? Raise your right hand and raise your hand a second if you feel comfortable with that. Lord Jesus, I speak that you would direct their, their steps in places they have never known. May they be blessed. May they receive increase. May they have all that the desires of their heart because you put them there. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to talk about something. I came here about a year and a half ago. And I think we were right up there where you, James, right there in the front here. And Eloise, my wife, said, we're going to go to Christ Fellowship. And I thought, I don't want to go there. No offense, though I didn't know you. But some things I've heard and stuff and did not want to. Our church was not meeting. So Lindsay invited Eloise, and that's how you get to me, through Eloise. And she said, what capped it off is Larry and Kathy will be there. I said, well, if Larry could go, goes, I'll go. Okay? So we went, and we sat right here in this front row. And that was kind of tough because kind of weird, putting us on the front row. And then this guy walks up to me. We'll call him. Todd. <laughs> he walks up to me. He looks at me. Tell me if I'm right here. And he looks at my watch. First thing. And he asked me six words. Said six words to me. Where do you go to church? I told him. He went, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Yes, yes. And he went and sat down. I thought, a little strange. But I dig that guy. I've liked him ever since. Don't mess with Todd. I'll go Puerto Rican on you. We punch in the throat. Don't mess with Todd or the staff. Then the service starts, and this guy comes charging up, bold as a lion, quoting scriptures, and I said, who is that? And I said, that's Marty. I thought, that's how you present the word right there. No fear. Then we have great worship going on. And then all of a sudden, I hear her screaming. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I look over, and I think maybe it was you, Larry. I said, who is that? That's the pastor's wife. <laughs> What's her name? Karen. So I said, she's fireball. So in our family, and I'm going to give away the Wilbanks, we call her fireball Karen out of respect. In the Spanish community, if you like somebody, you give them a nickname. Okay? But she was a fireball. So I want you to know, there's an old saying in a picture, in a movie, you had me at hello. Todd, you had my family and I not at hello, at uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, yes. That's, new, that's when I knew we were locked in. Amen? Thank you for receiving that word, Pastor Todd. Let's go to 1 Samuel 3.19. This is what I think now with the introductory introduction there what I think God's going to do in pulpits. When I was here, God got a hold of my heart during prayer, and I was used to the prayer where the preacher and staff people do all the praying for you while you sit out there. Here they dim the lights, play music, and you seek the Lord yourself. And it radically changed me. It stirred up the gifts and calling that I was walking with the Lord, or I thought I was, were, and God started dealing with me and speaking to me, started showing me things. First Samuel 3.19, Samuel's called. says in, You can keep that one up there, but I'm going to just real quick, uh, verse 1, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious, which means rare. In those days, there was no open visions during that time. Revelations. It was rare. Then verse 7, Samuel did not know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. But then God called him and started speaking to him. And he goes, who is it? What's going on? And he gets to know God. And what happens to him? God raises him up as a prophet. And it says, verse 19, and Samuel grew. That's why God says bear fruit. He's 
he will he wants you to produce fruit. He doesn't want you just dead on the vine. He said he grew in the Lord, was with him. And the Lord spoke to me one time. He said, you know what's wrong with a lot of my people? They always feel fatherless. He says, tell them I will never leave them nor forsake them. I will be with you to the very end. I am with you. Don't ever feel fatherless. I don't go there. God is with me. I will not act that way. I was fortunate to have a great father and have a father who's still with me, with us. But I also know what it is to have a true heavenly father. The American culture is used to fatherless fathers, being fatherless, being left, abandoned. You are not abandoned, body of Christ. I will not allow my father, heavenly father, to be represented falsely. God is with us. But it says something here, and it says, and it did not, one of his words hit the ground. It had been almost like 400 years from the time of Moses to the birth of Samuel. It was rare to have a prophet or one that was really accurate. But none of his words, when they knew, Israel knew, when he said a word, it was going to happen. May God please, and I know he's going to restore the gift of being a prophet to the church. When everything was going on about a year and a half ago, I was seeking the Lord. And the Lord said, this is what's going to happen. And I'm, my dad calls it being policy, speaking policy. He, he's yet to know it's politics. He pronounces it policy. And he lives in Gwinnett, but he calls it Wienet. So I've yet had the heart to tell him the truth. He lives in Wienet. And with his accent. But God was showing me, and he said, this is what's going to happen. He showed me who would get sworn in. I know there's some things that went on there. I didn't ask a lot of questions. I came and told Eloise, and Eloise looked at me like she can and did not want to hear it. I made a mistake. God told me, I'm going to teach you how to say things so it'll be received a little better. Told some people, and I was rejected. I was really hurt. I licked my wounds. And I told God, I'll never do that again. Quit telling me things like that. And then God got a hold of me after about a month and said, don't you ever do that again. You stand bold, even if people don't believe in you. He said, Willie, do you know you have family and friends that don't believe in you? He said, if you're going to go forward with me and you really want to walk with me and you say you really want to hear my voice, then if you coward, you're not going to be able to do it. People are not going to always see things the way you, they're going to agree with you. And they're not going to believe in you, but I believe in you. I will be with you, and I'll correct you when you're wrong. You stand. So I want to encourage you. If you have family members, people maybe that don't believe in you, that you see 
make fun of you. I have a brother that calls me devout. He says, my brother's real devout. I want to say thank you for noticing. Okay? May they call you devout. That you what? I always want to represent my father in the right light. He's gotten a bum rap. You know what? I never hear people blaming Satan. They take it out on God. And I tell people, I said, that's funny. Just like I said, never hear anybody blaming Satan. They always blame the innocent one, our father. He loves you. He loves me. He is in full restoration. When you get saved, he wants to set you free. He wants to heal all those wounds because then you're the most effective witness for him on planet Earth. If you're set free, you can't give what you don't have. And I want to see the pulpit restored. Pastor, when I came here, guess what his sermon was? The church needs to be woke. You, you had me at woke too. I thought it was awesome. I thought, I don't hear this anywhere. So God was preparing me. Job 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, and there's so much here I could say, but I only have a few minutes left. So I want to say the second verse. Who is it that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? What it's really saying in the uh, NLT, the New uh, Living Translation, we used to call it the watered-down version. It says, who is it that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? That's harsh words. May God restore back to the pulpits people that know what they're talking about. May God not have to say, who is it that's trying to talk from that pulpit that doesn't know what they're talking about? I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to worry about that here with this man. May you walk in the boldness. May you not shrink back the words he's been downloading to you lately, Pastor Todd. He's been speaking to you, and that is from the, he wants me to tell you that that is his voice speaking to you, and you know that's his voice. And be prepared, walk in it, be obedient. You're going to do it. I know you are. You, you gave us a hint on it Sunday. I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm waiting. I know it's of the, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Moments. Amen. I want to share just a few quick stories before we close here. Um, before we came here, I was at a church. I'm going to show you about how words work. I'd never went to a class to teach me how to hear God's voice. Again, I took it literally that I could hear his voice. I believed the word, and I heard it. And I practiced hearing that voice. And can I tell you where I found how to hear his voice? The word of God. You won't know his voice until you know the word of God. Meditate on it. May you thirst like a deer panteth for the water brook. May, you, may it just speak to you day and night. There's been times where lately I say, Lord, cut it off. I can't keep taking this. It's too much. So I was at a church, and the one we were going to, a great pastor, but they kind of shut down, you know, during when this one was open, and that's why we came here too. And but I remember walking up to my wife was 
saying, this is so-and-so. I met her, and Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, tell her she needs to forgive that lady. So I walk up to her and say, look, you need to forgive that lady. She looked shocked. Eloise gave me that Eloise look, and I thought, I'm in trouble. I walk off, found out Eloise told me someone had sent their, her an email the other day, and it was a nasty, hurtful email. And God said, forgive her. Then there's a lady at this church. She came from the Midwest. I um, came from the Midwest. She, I walked up to her afterwards, and God was speaking to me about her. And Eloise and them will tell you if I can just sometimes, Mark, if I, if I could touch somebody. I don't know what it is. It just happens. In, but this lady came up to her and just said, ma'am, where are you from? She says, the Midwest. She was visiting. The church was being let out. And this is not a real emotional church kind of. Everything's pretty controlled. I walked her up to her and I said, ma'am, I want you to know that the death was not your fault. And she collapsed on the ground. Fell to the ground. And I thought, ay, ay, ay. Like Ricky Ricardo, Willie, you got lots of splaining to do. I thought, I'm in trouble. This is probably my last day here at that church. And so I thought, I'll go back and I'll make it better and everything will be cool. I went back to her, started speaking again to her, and she just, whoa! And it was like, what a scene. Why do I say this? Because God will do whatever it takes to reach a person from the Midwest to go to a church where she doesn't know me, I don't know her, and to heal her and set her free. And when I left, she was still crying. I had to bail out of there. I got scared. Well, in the pool, my first... I was here with Pastor Robbie and Tim Long, Pastor Tim, in the pool my first time. We're baptizing people. I'm learning. And this guy walks up to the steps, and the Lord speaks to me, and I look at him, and I go, I couldn't get my eyes off him. Scripture talks about being fixed on someone. And the Lord said this to me. You know, when you allow God to speak to you and discipline you, what he says to you, you will accept immediately. You know, oh, I'm bummed out. God hates me. No. He said, Willie, this is cool right here. Willie, that guy wants to play you. And he doesn't believe anyone in the water is legit. He comes walking up. I see him. I talk to him a second. And he goes, and I said, I've got to tell you something that I told him. You know what he did? He growled at me, like that, something like that. Prayed for him, took authority over it. We got him out of the water, and great friends that Robbie and Tim are to me, they said, yeah, last time we had that guy, he cussed us out. <laughs> I thought, with friends like you, who needs enemies? But the point in closing is Saturday night, it was around Sunday morning, 12.30. I was praying, and I was pouring my heart out to God. God, please don't let me fail Wednesday night. 
I've done it before and it's miserable. And I thought, I hope one day he'll let me come back one day. And I'm praying for me, me, myself, and I. Lord, let me be successful. Let it be good. People, let them believe in me. And he says, Willie, I want you, when you see Derek, the minister, when you see him Sunday morning, tell him this. And I thought, Snodgrass is his name, because I remember thinking, wait, that's a guy with that funny last name. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do that, because the whole have security around him, and I don't bother with those people. Never talk to any of those people coming up here. And so Saturday night, before I prayed, Pastor Shaw said, I want you sitting in the front row on Sunday. I said, okay. And guess who comes walking by me? Derek, his wife, and the other guy. They come up. I'm right here. They come around here, and I go, hey, uh, Derek, I, I, I've said hi to you before. He goes, yeah. And all of a sudden, the security guy comes right up in here on me like this. And I'm from Miami, and I was thinking, I'm about to go down. <laughs> or he's going to frisk me. Or they're going to call out, we need security to the main aisle, please. Security to the main aisle. And I said, I want to tell you this, even though that guy is in my face, he, he got in my space. I said, I want you to know, Derek, the Lord said he's giving you a word, and you are to give that word tonight, and you are not to back off. And when he speaks to you, when you open your mouth, he's going to bring it forth with power. And he said, and he went Puerto Rican on me, him and his wife, because that's what we have in common, African-Americans and Hispanics. We got that emotionalism kind of. And his wife rocking. He, and then the, the security guard comes up and goes, you have no idea how bad he needed to hear that. And the wife was about to fall out, and Derek's, you, I can't thank you enough. This is unbelievable. And you can follow this up with Derek to find out. He goes, this is unbelievable that you would say that to me. And I said, I have to do it. And then me and the security guy became buddies. So <laughs> we're tight now, okay? So don't mess with me. Uh, why do I say that? It's not bragging. And now please forgive me if, you, if it comes. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't let the enemy trick you. You said that guy, no. You know what that taught me? This church is going places. God had to get that word out. And Derek was going to go a different direction. He was going to teach on baptism from his book, he told me. But he says, I'm going to do it. I said, you better do it. He told me. He did it. Why? Because the word needed to get out to you from Nehemiah. If you haven't heard that word, you're missing out. It's your loss. And he encouraged me. And I got more out of it than he did. And I told him, if you'll be obedient to God, the book of James will come alive to you where it says, by saving others, you save yourself. Can I tell you, when I minister, I get more out of it than you get out of it. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time together, Lord. May you order their steps. Lord, will you speak to everyone in here with a still, small voice? Will you show them that you're for them and not against them, that you'll never leave them or forsake them? And I thank you for this time together. I pray that the word of God that was shared will not be stolen or by the enemy, 
He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. May that word bear fruit. May you walk in wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. May I bind Satan. I take authority over his deceptions, his lies, any spirit of sickness and diseases, strongholds in you. Be bound in Jesus' name by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Willie. Oh, listen. I'm telling you what, I want to hear the word clearly, just like what you're hearing in, in the example you gave of Corey Tinboom of just pausing and listening and yep, here's what he here's the heart of the Father. Don't you love his spirit? Don't you love his heart? I'm just so thankful that the Lord has sent the two of you and your family here. We're the, we're the better. Thank you for sharing your heart. Excellent. It was rich. It was, it was rich. And um, I think we all could just learn on hearing that voice that God's wanting to use us and to be bold and to speak it. I'm telling you, it's great. Let him know one more time that you love him. Thank you. Um, I want to reiterate before I dismiss you, Paula Joe's going to come and pray for us as we leave. Don't forget about registering for the, the dinner. Also, prayers this Saturday at 10 in the morning. 10 in the morning, uh, not at 6. So uh, the doors won't be open Saturday night. It'll be open at 10 Saturday. So come and join us for that. And, um, and looking forward to week 200 of the North Georgia Revival this Sunday. Is that not amazing? All right, Standy Fee, Paula Joe, would you dismiss us with prayer? Bless you guys. How many of you love our church? Yes. I get to meet and see a lot of people throughout weeks and weeks and weeks, and I know a lot of people who can't say they love their church, but I love my church. Thank you so much. You said something in the very beginning that's my favorite characteristic of the Lord, and that is that He will never leave us nor forsake us. So if I had a tattoo, my tattoo would say always, because He's the one thing that is constant, and He is always, and I love that. It's my favorite thing. Father, we just thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you that you are forever with us, that you won't leave us, that we're not fatherless, that we have the best daddy we could ever have. So Jesus, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for Willie and his family. Father, I thank you that your blessings will chase them down. You follow them everywhere they go. Father, you're with them. You go before him, you go with him, and you go behind him, Father. You stay in their lives, Lord, and we just thank you right now for this church. I thank you for every covenant partner, everyone that will be covenant partner. Father, I thank you that this coming week marks 200 weeks of your presence, your revival in this house. Father, we thank you for just the next few days. Go with us. Bring us back Saturday and Sunday with strength and power that only you can give us. We thank you for a great night in you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>